0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 101.9 FM, WFAN, New
3: York. Hi everybody and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you all. And of course, happy New Year right around the corner and by all means, let's let's all hope and pray that 2022 is a safe, healthy, and happy one for you and your loved ones. Now, on this morning's show, I want to touch upon a few issues from this past year that really demand to be either updated or revisited as we head towards the end of a most challenging year. And, of course, as always, I'm open to your thoughts, comments, questions, questions. That you want to talk about, and you know the number, it's 87733766,66. This has been a year, of course, of COVID, And I want to talk about the, the impact that has had on kids and sports, but I want to talk about it in a different way. Now, of course, we've all seen and seen our kids suffer through the fact, as well as sports parents and coaches and educators, officials, you name it, as we saw last year where all the games were either uh, canceled or contracted at the not just the professional and college level, but also certainly at the high school level and, and club and travel, you name it, right down to the youth level. And unfortunately, as this Omicron uh, virus continues to spread, We haven't seen too much so far uh, in terms of high school sports being either uh, the game is being canceled or postponed. But I fear that's right around the corner as the as this virus continues to sort of, you know, go its own way. And, um, yeah, it it, it is going to be a real problem, as it has been for the last couple of years for us. Uh, But I have to tell you, there was a fascinating article that ran this past week in The New York Times. It's written by Joe Drape. Who is a top-flight sports writer? He, Joe has been on our show in the past, and as I recall, he's a sports parent as well. In any event, he wrote an excellent and uh, unsettling piece about how the number of youngsters playing organized sports continues to dwindle. And one of the key stats that uh, that Joe pointed to in his article was according to the Sports and Fitness Industry Association, which is the main association that sort of oversees and and takes into effect what's happening in terms of youth and travel team sports in this country. According to the Sports and Fitness Industry Association, participation in youth sports has been declining even before COVID-19 hit. For example, according to this association, Uh, In 2008, 45% of kids ages 6 to 12 played team sports on a regular basis. Okay? In 2018, which is, again, a year before COVID made its presence known, that dropped from 45% all the way down to 38%. Again, kids ages 6 to 12 playing team sports on a regular basis. Now, we all know, we've talked about it several times on the show, youth sports in this country is not just a huge industry, it's a $19 billion industry. And again, I use for, in terms of comparison, Major League Baseball, which we all know and how that's been around forever. Major League Baseball is a $9 billion industry. So you are talking about youth sports being $19 billion you can see we're talking about a pretty sizable uh, number of people, kids, playing sports. In any event, when we see a substantial drop in the number of kids playing team sports, going from 45% in 2008 down to 38% in 2018, well, we're talking about a real, real shift in terms of the landscape. And again, I repeat, that study was reported in 2018, which remains it reflects participation in kids playing sports before COVID hit. In other words, we can understand a, a major decline in, in youth team sports uh, due to COVID canceling so many games and so many practices, but that's not the main reason why. And that's what I want to explore with you this morning. What are the reasons why more and more kids are not staying with team sports. Now, I find this all a bit confusing, as well as alarming. I mean, for starters, let's, let's talk about this. There was a famous study out of Michigan State from some years ago uh, that showed that 74% of all young athletes quit playing sports by the time they're 12 or 13. And that, that that study has been accepted as a general rule of thumb for years and years and years. Again, just about three-fourths of all the kids who play team sports end up quitting by the time they're 12 or 13. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. People always talk about the fact that by the time a kid is 12 or 13, they're, you know, in the middle uh, or finishing up middle school, and they're beginning to expand their horizons. They may have the cognitive abilities at that point to say, you know what, I enjoy playing Uh, various sports, but I'm not going to be a star. So why bother? I'm going to try and find other things to do with my time. Maybe I'll try uh, theatrics. Maybe I'll go into, um, you know, being in the the school band, uh, do something else besides playing sports. And that's just a natural sort of way of life in terms of um, kids finding their way in terms of other pursuits they want to to chase after. That's all fine. Nobody has a problem with that. But I sense that there's another major shift that 's taking place. Let me just give you my thoughts, and we 'll take your calls number one let 's start with the sports parents themselves i have a and I have no empirical evidence to to prove this, but I just have a general sense that more and more moms and dads are beginning to ask themselves whether it's really worth the time, effort, sacrifice, and expense to put their kids into team sports at the youth level, especially travel or club teams. And as we all know, if, you show, if your kid has any ability or shows any signs of athletic ability by the time they're nine or 10, they're gonna be looking to say, okay, I'm gonna end up on a travel or club team. So what's happening, I fear, is that a lot of parents are now asking themselves deep down when their kid is nine or 10, that if the mom or dad gets the sense that the kid really isn't, A superstar in the making they decide that it's okay to let their kid drop out of team sports in other words for a certain percentage of moms and dads of sports parents perhaps they just aren't as hardcore as sports parents were from let's say ten years ago then of course they're the the kids themselves most of us have grown up during an era when the sports that offer the most fun Included traditional sports like football, basketball, baseball, and so on. But there's a new game in town, and it's the younger generation, the kids, who are flocking to it, and it's the explosive popularity of video games, e games, e sports, whatever you want to call it. These online video games, which have been growing in popularity, have become even more popular during COVID over the last couple of years because kids could play remotely. Play from home and they could compete and play with their friends in their other in their own homes possibly the action is of course fast-paced you really don't need a lot of manual skill or any sort of long-term coaching to play the games and in many situations it's the young parents themselves who decide to play and compete with their kids on the video games. So it's become sort of a, a family activity. The fact that kids can play online with their friends and their buddies in terms of electronic game competition with their PlayStations or Xboxes has made the quote-unquote social aspect of e games even more attractive. And that is that kids are now playing with other kids without having to be in their physical presence. What does this all mean? Well. Got to tell you, it's hard to say at this point, but one thing is clear. The landscape of youth sports is changing, and apparently, according to the various numbers, they're changing rapidly. Now, I have to tell you, the New York Times article clearly suggests that kids, due to COVID and the strong growth of video games, are finding a much easier and a much more attractive pathway in order to spend their free time. A few months ago, I presented numbers on the show from the National Federation of High School Sports that also showed that participation in high school sports, team sports across the country, peaked about a year or so ago. And that the number of high school kids playing sports these days is also beginning to decline. So we're seeing these trends here. And again, the problem is the numbers show a reduction, and it's not just due to COVID. Although certainly COVID's playing a big part of this, it's almost as though parents, sports parents, are not even exposing the little ones to sports anymore. That is, they're simply saying, "I'm just not going to devote all my, t- all that time and energy and money to letting my kid pursue a dream, which probably is just not going to happen." So this is, this is, this is. Disconcerting, to say the least. And I want to get your thoughts and see if you think this is true or have you noticed the same or you the sense, sense as well that COVID is beginning to really have a not just a short term impact, but it's also part of a long term trend. that kids are now beginning to turn away from the so-called traditional popular sports that we've all sort of grown up with. 877-337-6666. Let's start with uh, our calls this morning. I'm eager to get your thoughts about this because, you know, a lot of you are are going through this right now, and, and a lot of you are coaches, a lot of you are sports parents, a lot of you are sports fans. Let's see what's going on. Let's start our conversation this morning with uh, Ed Ward over in Elizabeth. Ed, good morning. You're first up on the fan.
2: Good morning, Rick. Hope, hopefully you had a great Christmas.
3: I sure did. It was a wonderful Christmas for my family and everybody. It was wonderful. So hope you had the same.
2: Yes, thank you. Uh, Rick, I could tell you, like, for example, the travel team that I coach with, we've already pushed our winter workouts back two weeks because of the COVID. So, yep. Yep. again, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a thing that's going to be going on throughout the whole, whole country, I guess. But, you know, on a lower level, uh, why, one of the things I think why parents are not having their children play, it's the cost factor. I mean... The travel teams are expensive, but the big thing with travel teams, Rick, are these tournaments. The tournaments are astronomical in price, and you know when you're figuring out a budget for for a travel team, that's the big cause of it. On that, and and plus two on the lower level, a lot of that they're all playing to win, and which is nothing wrong. You should teach them how to win, but they're not playing everyone equally as Mm -hmm. as I. that level it should be. Mm-hmm. Now when you get to the older level, okay, you know, that that's a different avenue. I mean, when you when you're like a uh, going to be a, a junior, going to be a senior going into into the fall of that year, th- those kids are usually playing to try to get looks in front of colleges. And when that's not happening, where why uh, then they're, they're not getting looks? Parents are saying, well, why, why should you have to pay all this money to try to try to see if you can play a college? Sport. And those are my reasons why I think the the uh, level of not the level of play, but why the numbers are decreasing in, in, in travel sports.
3: Yeah, I, I think you're onto something there because I do think what's happening now, especially with uh, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you that unfortunately COVID is going to begin to have a real another another impact on on high school and travel sports uh, right away as we get into the new year, just because of this. It's already numbers.
2: had like in yeah. New Jersey some a good amount of the high school basketball tournaments are being canceled. Because yeah, of, I, uh, yeah
3: the I think that's, that's the first sign, and it's going to continue, not just in basketball, but obviously other high school sports as well. But coming back to your point, Ed, I, I think that a lot of moms and dads are now beginning to sort of wake up and realize when it comes to travel and showcases and tournaments, they're sort of saying, geez, that's a lot of money to go someplace on the road And I'm not sure this is uh, the time to do this, and um, they're, they're, it's just you know, what happens if uh, – what is the outcome? What, what's the what's the big payoff here? And you say, well, it's a chance for my kid to play against better competition, It'll be, to be seen. But I think moms and dads now begin to say, I don't know. I'm not sure this is the, the right way to go. And, um, again yeah,
2: – I, I... I'm sorry, Rick, you finish it and I'll be it? Well, I, was just saying, I,
3: I think parents are getting concerned. I think they're beginning to finally sort of say, used to be sort of a knee-jerk response that, oh, I'll, I'll pay anything I have to to have my kid go to tournaments. But now they're sort of saying, I don't know. I'm just wondering how, how if this is a, a good investment for, for me and the family. Well,
2: I'm going to bring up a point. I mean, everyone wants to go to Georgia and you know, all these places to play to get their sons seen. Yep. I, I, in all the years I've coached travel, the furthest I've gone is within a three-hour radius. And I'll give you a story. Last year I had a boy pitch for me. He only pitched to me on certain occasions because he had already committed to a elite travel team in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Well, he, and he's thrown the ball very well at these events and all that stuff, but none of the schools saw him. He went to a local team showcase, you know that, that I brought my team in. The Division One school liked him; they offered him a scholarship, and that's where he's going. And it's it's a good situation because his parents are happy. Because when he when now he's going to be pitching in the area where, where when he's pitching, the parents can can go watch him play. Sure, of and uh, and I always say you don't have to go travel all over the country to be seen.
3: Well, I, I, I tell you, I think this is going to be kind of the ripple effect uh, with all this going on. Uh, Ed, I got to take a break. Thank you for your. Have call, a great day, always. Rick. You too. You know, and I, I think Ed's on to something. I think, and again, as he mentioned, we know that there are already high schools in New Jersey that are beginning to shut down their high school sports programs. I think that's going to continue pretty much all over the place as they still try to find a situation to to get past this this uh, current Omicron virus. All right, let me let me do this. Let me take a break. When I come back, we'll continue our conversation about what is going on with this decline in youth sports. 877-337-6666. And back here on the Sports Edge, we're asking the question, are we are we, accidentally developing a new generation of young athletes who are going to be less attracted to sports like soccer and lacrosse and baseball, basketball, and so on? That may be hard to believe, but as I reviewed in the first segment, there are a lot of, there's some signs, some troubling signs on the horizon. The number of kids playing team sports has been dropping over the last few years, except for sports, or if you call them that, as like video games, which are more popular than ever. Maybe in 10 years, we'll see athletes more committed to e-games like Fortnite and Call of Duty than they are to playing football or baseball or soccer. And maybe this is all being driven because more and more parents are playing video games with their kids. I mean, as a family, why play traditional games like Monopoly or or Scrabble or Candyland with your kids on family holidays when you can all compete playing an exciting video game? (laughs) You know, that may be what's happening. It's just the the natural, perhaps, evolution of, of sports in this country. It just made the way that, you know, uh, let's face it, uh, sports and leisure time activities, uh, they do evolve. Uh, I mean, there was a time when the most popular sport in the uni- sports in the United States were baseball and boxing. That's going back to the 1920s. And basketball and football, you know, were around in those days, but they weren't, they weren't all that popular until the 1950s. And so you get the idea. Things do change. It's as simple as that. And we know that, of course, right these days, football and basketball have pretty much become the the, the most popular sports. Baseball, ice hockey, soccer, lacrosse and all the others sort of follow behind. And as noted, football, we know that football still struggles to find an answer to the concerns regarding concussions. So many former top NFL players struggle with dementia after their careers. And understandably, a lot of parents worry about letting their kids play tackle football. And baseball, I mean, don't get me started. With baseball on lockout, how in any way can this help attract young kids to, to the sport of baseball? If the owners are really interested in keeping the game relevant they got to do something now to keep kids involved. And obviously having a lockout doesn't help at all. Okay, 877-337-6666. Let's get back to our calls. Let's go to Florida. Rich is in Port St. Lucie. Rich, good morning. You're next up on The Fan.
1: Hey, good morning, Rick. How are you? Good. How are you? Okay, great. Uh, you've opened up a really big uh, discussion here. There are multiple reasons that we are yes this. One, in no particular order, uh, I was a high school coach and athletic director for over 40 years on Long Island and now down here in Florida. Yep. There's been shift in, let's start with the parents. They have taken the fun out of playing, certainly high school and middle school sports. It's all about getting a scholarship. It's all about money, getting a scholarship for their kids. They're limiting the amount of sports that the kids play now. Mm-hmm. You to have multiple sports athletes. Yes. That's no longer the case in most most aspects. They're going to focus on one sport and see if they can get a scholarship. Number two, uh, kids, certainly when I played in high school and certainly probably when you played, even when I started coaching, to be a part of the team was important enough. Now, if they're not playing, they're going to quit. Why should I sit the bench? if I'm not going to play. It yep. seems to be the attitude. Yep. Or down here in Florida, if they're not playing, they can very easily transfer mm-hmm. to another school where they can play there. Mm-hmm. So it's become more of a self-centered thing in terms of athletics. So, so those are just a couple of the reasons. Now you've got the transfer portal with college, which is a reflection Of what's going on down here in high school
3: well i'm glad you mentioned those two things first of all you're absolutely right rich that uh you know there was a day and age where uh kids did aspire to play uh, the the sport in high school or even in middle school according to the season so kids who played three sports that was routine but nowadays as you said early on the kids decide or maybe with their the blessing of their mom and dad no i'm just going to play with one sport because uh, that's the one I have the best chance of perhaps getting a college scholarship. So that that gets right. rid of a lot of the kids from playing, you know, a variety of sports. Number Correct. two, and she said, "In and she said it's a state by state uh, situation." She said, "In Florida, if a kid's not playing, or realizes that the that they're going to be low in the depth chart." They will decide. Well, I'm just going to transfer to another high school across town, which they're yeah, it's to
1: easy do. to do. It's easy to do. Yeah,
3: I mean, up here you know, in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area, obviously different states, different rules in terms of transferring, uh, and of course, a lot of kids uh, transfer from public schools to private or parochial schools. Right. But again. It, it, there's something there's something in the wind, Rich, and clearly I'm glad you called in this morning because it's obviously happened not just around here, but it's happening uh, down south as well. Oh, it's
1: nationwide, and I, I can't emphasize enough, too. Parental pressure on kids, again, for the most part, there are good parents, don't get me wrong, but parental pressure that they put on these kids at these games, it's not fun. It's stressful. You see it in the kids' faces when they're on the court or they're on the field and they hear the parents scream at them yeah. from the stands. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are just throwing their hands up and saying, I've had enough.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the other part of this as well is the kids begin to realize when they're old enough, they say, you know, I, and they sort of developed their own voice. They said, this is not fun. It's supposed to be fun. Right. Not fun. Goodbye. I quit. And then, exactly. Uh, they, just exactly. Go, they also know that for most parents uh, playing uh you know, other games such like online games, parents aren't going to interfere, and the kids are saying, "Well, this is fun, and I enjoy doing this, so I'll do this. I'm not going to go and back." Nobody's and
1: nobody's yelling at
3: me. And nobody's yelling at me because <laughs> I'm playing, and I can do this from the the safety and security of my own home, and playing against my buddies who are in their own home. It's as simple yeah, as so that. All right, thank you for the call, Rich. Very appreciate your points. Uh, these are good ones. Thank you. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's go to Jack Smithlin over in Farallon, New Jersey. Jack, good morning. You're curious, to get your thoughts about all this. You know, Ray.
4: First of all, I think Rich had a really good point about the parents putting pressure on their kids. You know, the 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 thing that you that you mentioned before that you know at the age of thirteen. You know, this is when most kids quit. That's when they're getting most of the pressure because they're preparing for high school and their parents want them to do well. But you know what? We as kids, you know, kids today, we support our kids. If a kid comes to me and says, hey, Dad, I want to play baseball, I want to play football, or my daughter says, you know, I want to play soccer, Dad, we support that. So I feel it's a lot in the kids. You know, I started coaching in the 1970s. And I'm still coaching at the college level. Now the college athlete is a, is a different breed. You know, these kids are there. They're. You know, at the D2, D1, they're on scholarship. D3, like I mentioned last week, yep. you know, there's no bigger heart than the heart of a D3 player. Yep. They're there because they love the game. They're mm-hmm. motivated. Mm-hmm. You know, but if I'm going to say to a kid, listen, you know what? You want to play baseball. you got to get up tomorrow morning. you got to put on your sweats. you got to go out and run. you got to come back. you got to lift some weights. you got to do some training. You know, kids today, in my, in my heart, are much lazier than they were, you know, in the 70s and 80s and even in the 90s. You know, I had kids that would run through walls for me. They won't run through walls for you anymore. They'll look at you like you're nuts. So the point is, is that I feel it's in the kid. We're, we're, we're creating, and, and I hate saying this, I really do, but we're creating a mediocre country. We're satisfied with mediocrity. There are, you know, you, you know there's a saying that, you know, take the extra mile, it's never crowded. Well, that's exactly right. These kids don't want to work hard anymore. There are certain few that do, and they are motivated. You know, a lot of kids are not self motivated anymore. They don't want to do it because, like you said, there you know there there are many other options. You said something right at the beginning of, the, of, of your show and your monologue that forty in 45 in percent of the kids uh, kids were playing um youth sports Yep. and then in 18 it dropped all the way down to 38 percent Yep. and i'll guarantee you if you look at the numbers right now only what three years later i'll bet you the numbers are still down kids are not motivated anymore to do these things like rich said parents put so much pressure on them why should i want to go out there and be humiliated by my own parent that's ridiculous you know parents support their kids but then when their kids say Dad or Mom, give me the support. Now they go overboard. So I believe, I feel deep down in my heart that kids are lazy today. I mean, most kids are lazy. Like I said to you before, I have a group at at NJCU, uh, New Jersey City University, that work their buns off all year round. And now they're there and they all have a common goal. You know, kids at younger ages, they don't have common goals. They don't even know what goal setting is. But kids today are just lazy. The, the money's involved, so I feel that our country, in a whole, is mediocre at best. Well, you know, I, we're not that strong powerhouse anymore. And
3: well, that's true. Know, but it, I, and I, it is
4: our youth.
3: I, I'm listening to this and, and I, I'm thinking, I, you know, on one hand, I do feel, and maybe too broad a brush to say that kids in general are lazy today. What I might well, refine that and say. Is that kids today who play sports who grow up with obviously uh, eager and enthusiastic parents? Uh, right. When it comes to the kids playing sports, the kids—it's not that they're lazy so much—is that they—they're accustomed to having things handed to them, in the sense right. that okay, yeah. well, if you if you show some athletic ability and you get to be on this really good travel team, and then you, we'll take you to a to a showcase and tournaments, and the kid shows some ability then the kid sort of naturally assumes that he or she is on the right track to become a star in that sport. And so that becomes, it's not in a sense of entitlement, although there, there are sort of uh, subtleties of that, but it's more like, okay, when, when it really gets to be a competitive level, and then you sit down with the youngster and say, look, if you really want to get good at this sport, this is probably in the, at the right. at the uh, in the early teens, you will have to really work your, your tail off to really get good at it. And that's where the kids have to decide, is this really meaningful to me? And as you said, especially you said we talked about last week, at the D3 level where the kids aren't getting scholarships, they play the sport because right. they like playing the sport. But it's still very competitive. So, I, you know, it, it's, it's hard to see what's happening here, but I do think that all this stuff is sort of coming together. It sort of is a confluence of these issues, whether it's COVID or the fact that kids are now beginning to say, I don't want to keep, Dealing with the pushy parents, uh, I already did this. I, I I feel like I should be on the route uh, to becoming a Division One scholarship athlete, and it doesn't work out that way. It just doesn't happen so, that way. So
4: why why does it? Why did it seem like kids were so much more motivated, you know, during our years and even years after us, where kids today? And and one of the reasons is, I believe, and you know, maybe lazy was the wrong word and but i i i see it in my training sometimes well, i that's see what it in I'm some of the kids that i it- train they're not. They're not. They are, are not self motivated, and so many of them, so many of them, are doing it because of moms and dads, you know, and they're it's, trying it's, to please their friends and their coaches and their. You know, you got to please yourself before you please anybody else. Yeah, so you're but not going to have fun doing it.
3: I, I think one of the undercurrents, uh, which I I I really do believe in strongly, is that the the kids, the for most part, kids, especially at the younger ages, are all about parental approval. And and they're going out playing yes. sports because they want to please mom and dad, uh, and that Jack, gets them going on to, to playing sports down the road. Jack, it's complicated. I got to take some more calls, but I, I I hear what you're saying, and it is it is a huge issue that's going to have real impact I, I, in the years to come, and not that far down the road either, am I might Let me let me move on, Jack. Thanks for the call. Let me go to uh, over to Seabright, New Jersey, where Dan has been waiting. Dan, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey Gordon, how you doing? Good. How are you?
5: Oh, good. I just got to work. But um, <laughs> okay. so my my uh, my issue with the young population and playing sports is parent, uh, parental motivation. Okay. I believe if the parent is not motivated to make their child great, then the kid's motivation to play sport is not there. I have a six-year-old son and an 18-month-old daughter. My six-year-old son never wanted to play football. He said, I don't want to play. It does not look fun. I put him in flag football this year. He fell in love with it because I forced him into it. And I feel like that's that's what parents are losing right now. I feel they need to... The parents need to push their kids to play the sport at, at a younger age. So that way, when they are old enough to make a decision, they realize they actually love this sport.
3: Well, Dan, I, I hear you saying. I, I just would probably try to caution you in some of the words uh, in terms of pushing a kid into a sport. I think, and, and we've talked about this on the show many times in the past, when the kids are four or five or six, it is the obligation of the parent to introduce your youngster to a variety of sports, whether it's football, soccer, lacrosse, ice hockey, where it might be, and let them basically dictate which sport they want to go after and pursue because they don't know they've never played these sports before they may have seen it on television or something but until they actually have a chance to go out and just you with your own son did not want to play football but until he went out and played uh, flag football say hey this is really kind of cool i like doing this so, and then th- thank you for the call. i got to take a break here. But, you know, I think that's the whole idea here is that we do want our kids to play team sports because of all the benefits that team sports offer. Uh, but I do think it's up to the moms and dads to at least introduce the kids to say, this could be fun. Why don't you try this? And then, again, you know, follow your kids in terms of their interest. Uh, they may choose a sport that you know nothing about. doesn't make any difference. <laughs> that's the sport they want to play or sports. It's your job to follow them. It's their life, not yours. All right, let me take a timeout. Uh, when I return, we'll take more of your calls on this very complicated but very, very important topic. Stay with me. Back there on the Sports Edge, I'm your host, Rick Wolf. We're taking your calls at 877-337-6666. Just a quick reminder, you can always find... A bunch of resources when it comes to uh, sports parenting and amateur sports and sports psychology at AskCoachWolf.com. And you can certainly follow me on Twitter at Hashtag AskCoachWolf. Uh, Before I get back to the calls, just a really quick update. Remember last week we talked about uh, NIL, name, image, and likeness, and how it's not only affecting college athletes, but also high school athletes as well. Um, Sure enough, there was another development this past week. uh, According to ESPN, another top high school football player, this one named uh, Jaden Rashada. He is in California. He's one of the best quarterbacks uh, in next year's college recruiting field. Uh, He just signed his first nil endorsement deal with the recruiting app company uh again he just he was he's a junior in high school out in pittsburgh california uh espn's top rated dual threat quarterback in the 2023 recruiting class he's going to be paid a four-figure sum to help promote uh, air athletes and recruitment app and he's doing it by uh, posting various social media items again to me four figures means at least ten thousand dollars Not a lot necessarily, but how many high school junior athletes do you know who are earning that kind of dough from simply doing some social media posts? Uh, and again, I, I'm just curious to see how all this NIL stuff begins to play out. I'm, I'm also curious to see, as it begins to filter and spread out at the high school level, whether this is going to be something that's going to happen with uh, big-time high school powerhouses, in, uh, let's say in football or basketball, as they begin to perhaps uh, reach out and recruit from uh, public high schools to come play for these pri- private or parochial schools. Again, it's the wild, wild west. Okay, right now this morning we're talking about what has happened with team sports and why the numbers are beginning to get smaller and smaller in recent years. Is it because of the uh, great popularity of video games? Is it just because of COVID? Or is it the fact that kids are just sort of getting tired of all this and they're tired of being pushed around trying to please their their parents. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Rob Freed out in Long Island. Rob, good morning. I know you good got morning, some thoughts right. about this. All, you know,
0: I, I just have to bring up. I got through your, your dad's book, Bob Wolf's complete book guide of casting and I got to see a young Rick Wolf in there. <laughs> your da- you know, your, your dad was really a treasure. I mean, he, you talk about the football. How he, I mean, he basically called the greatest game ever played, and uh, so many amazing. You know, the, obviously the, the no hitter by but Larson, but. Uh, just a great book on on his life, and got to see you in there. And uh, I wonder what he would think of all of this with the kids, and you know how you, you know. I know you've talked about your childhood, but let me let me just get to a few of my, my my thoughts on this. Well, Number before one,
3: for you, you that, it, uh, Rob, I just want to thank you. That's that's your know, uh, my dad's book on the uh, complete guide sports casting. He, he obviously wrote it with great love and passion. He obviously had he has about a ten years
4: older already. so yeah, he,
3: you
0: know it's, it's he, been around a while, but I just I finally mean, he got was, around to pick, you know picking it up and reading it and. Yeah, he, just a great, great story on, on his life. And-
3: well, my dad was very, very fortunate and blessed. And, of course, he worked very hard at his craft. But, I mean, he was, as you said, fortunate to be at the called Donald Larson's Perfect Game, the Colts-Giants overtime game. He was uh, broadcast the Knicks as their TV voice. Uh, I for remember it 20, well. 27 years, including broadcasting the next two championships and a bunch of great games the Nick played. And again, he he loved being the TV voice. And, and um, yeah, for people of a certain age, remember all this very fondly. So thank you for, for, for uh, I, that. Listen, up. It,
0: it's part of my childhood and, and, and my youth. Um, A few things here, number one. Number one, and I listened to Jack, and Jack, and a lot of the calls have made some great points, and Jack kind of stole some of my thunder. As you know, for me, growing up in a household, my father being an athletic director, phys ed guy, and I went that route. I started phys ed, and I and and, and I think, you know, the one thing this is a, has an opportunity going forward. Physical education, you know, at least when I learned it and in methods classes and stuff, it's about teaching and, and and giving kids an opportunity to learn how to participate in sports. This is what we went to school for, all right. And. Mm-hmm. And this is what I think now that the physical education role, because a lot of schools are trying to get rid of it, all right, this is now a second opportunity to kind of take away from the travel, let the physical education programs reinstitute teaching athletics to kids, giving them something for the rest of their lives they can use. Now, being on a team, me being a college athlete, it changed my life tremendously. It gave me a sense of motivation. It just throughout my whole life, going to medical school, running, a pra- running practices, raising my, my daughter, it gives you a sense of, 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 of I guess, just something that good feelings, and, and you use it as a tool in life. So being a member of a team, and this is something kids can get so much out of. And that's one thing I think we're losing at this particular point. But I think it's the role now. This gives us the uh, the high schools, the junior high schools, a second opportunity, all right, to take over the travel. And I really think this is now going to be the role of the physical education, you know, going going forward. And, and coaching, I watched the John Madden thing, and I brought that up to you yesterday. One thing that he wanted to do, he took he had two Hall of Fame careers, as obviously on, on a professional level, but he did it on, on a television level. He wanted to teach. He used his coaching to teaching the public about football on, on a television level, and this is something we need to get back to. Uh, and it's not about the you know I heard the earlier call in Florida with with the parents. Yeah. All right, part of the part of that is true. The fun is gone, but the kids—I think they're the ones that are losing out. But the real good kids will always, Rick, will always have the—they'll per- persevere and they'll push, and, and that's something. uh Rob, I have to, to tell and,
3: you, I—I I, again, I um, for years and years and years, I have always believed, and I there are no. Psychological studies I'm aware of that prove this. There's no uh, genetic studies, but I do believe in my heart and soul after being around athletes my entire life that there are certain athletes who are blessed with some sort of genetic or DNA. Well, sports to
0: work, right? That's one thing I wanted they, to say. Sports to train, to get up in the morning and. and, and... It's work, and a lot it's, of kids don't have that. Any, maybe any I was going to say
3: they, there's something about the kids who say, "I'll take the work, I'll take the challenge on. I want to get better. I really, really am competitive. This competitive drive uh, from within that they're going to push themselves, even without trying to just please mom or dad. They just want They just are competitive, and and you know, those athletes are the ones who ultimately. Do reach the full potential of whatever their God given ability is. Maybe they aren't going to be better than just a high school varsity player, or maybe they get on to, to college or the pros. But there's something inherent in these kids that I I, I can I I, can... I
0: totally I totally agree with you. But the thing that what I must you know I was trying to make a point of sports. You can use the tools of sports in life, and yes. this is something. Well,
3: that's that's the other thing. When a kid walks away from a team sport. When they're, you know, 13, 14, say, ah, it's not fun, I don't play much, but what they're losing is the traditional, what we call the intangibles of sports that prepare you for life's challenges, whether it's learning how to master a skill, work towards a, a, a goal, I le- mean, learning is- how to overcome adversity, all those things those those are the takeaways from sports that all athletes get, regardless of whether the kid ends up being a superstar or just a kid who plays on the team. But those lessons, those life lessons are critically important as takeaways for any kid who plays to the point of going through high school. And, and you know, and, and you
0: know Rick, I'll just, and like I was just saying, I think this is now the role going forward that the high schools and the junior high schools of the physical education classes, they can now – Get a second opportunity because travel teams hey. taken over. It seems like, and now you could, you know, because maybe the parents don't want to spend the money. Guess what? Playing high school sports is free. Yeah. Now the coaches can, on the high school, junior high level, can push the, you know, kind of get the kids reinterested and and, and using sports. To basically go forward in
3: life, that, I, I, that, I, I'm telling you, it's it, we can never overlook, as I said, the intangible, lifelong lessons that sports offer, particularly in public schools, uh, because those are the things that stay with kids. It's as simple as that. Rob, excellent, excellent points it, as right. always. always. Let me take some other calls. Buddy. Have a
0: great week.
3: You too. Take care. Let's let's move on. Uh, Pretty interesting stuff. You can see how complicated this whole issue is. Let's go to Bergen County. Uh, Sam has been uh, standing by. Sam, Sam, you're up next on the fan. Rick, good morning. Good morning.
6: Uh, the the key, in my opinion, to all of this, and I agree with many of the callers who have uh, preceded me, uh, yeah. I should say, first of all, I don't need to have coffee in the morning. Turning your show on eliminates the need for coffee. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know the topic the topic this morning um in the the subject team the concept of team its meaning the value the purpose i believe has been diluted over the course of generations how many people uh, parents guardians how many kids understand what the meaning of being on a team and not in an individual sport or performance how many people really convey that or imbue that, whether it's on the family or whether it's going outside of the home? It's, there's been a, a gradual, but the numbers that you were quoting are frightening. Uh, there's been an acceleration of, of, of the trend out of what a team means. It means that one person out of five, one player out of 11, one player out of, a, out of nine has something particular to contribute. But that's been lost over generations and over decades. It's become, hey, I didn't have enough touch in this game. It's, it's completely devolved into, throw the ball, coach, throw the ball. And the person screaming that from the stands is their kid <laughs> being a wideout. Uh, that, that you have on a volunteer parent coach level pre-high school, you have parents who are deliberately coaching solely for the purpose of protecting or advancing their kids' interests when everybody, including the worst kid on a team, knows that the coach's kid does not belong on the mound, does not belong at third base, does not belong in center field, and on and on. I mean, if, uh, this thing about team is completely lost. And unless people understand that maybe my role isn't to be the superstar or I can't be, because, but I have something to contribute in a team, I think that's inherent in this entire conversation. And true, those uh, issues of, you know, the whole parent thing and the whole win. But everything, the trend has become, it's all about me and my kid. And screw the wolf kid. Forget about it. I'll do whatever it is to advance my kid. You can't run a team. You can't have a team sport like that.
3: (laughs) Sam, I'm listening to you, and this is so eloquent. uh, And you really have pinpointed the exact issue here because as you said we're seeing a reduction in kids playing team sports and why well we we've talked about all the various variables the various factors but i think you really have nailed this that is because of the fact that kids today and because of their parents are saying yeah my kid will play in your team so long as he or she is the star so long as he or she is going to be the captain, so long as he or she is going to be the the the, uh, the top headline maker. Otherwise, why do I want my kid to be in your team? Because, well, I mean, well, your kid's going to have fun, get some takeaways, make friendships, uh, learn about being a teammate. That that how does that help my kid get to the next level?
6: I <laughs> uh, thank you, Rick. You know, on, I don't know if this is really going to come out. If I'm going to be able to articulate this, but. God forbid in this country or wherever, if there was a, 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 a D-day, God forbid, again tomorrow or next month. The, what was present in this country in terms of culturally, uh, uh, 70, 80 years ago, I don't believe is there today. Oh, you can take not my kid. my kid's not going to go on a, an LST onto a beach. Let him take your kid. Yeah, well, that's, that's
1: all lost.
3: I I don't know, you know, that's a a thought and a conversation for another day, uh, for sure. Sam, thank you. Thank you for your thoughts this morning. But I will say this, that it all, again, maybe the reason why we're seeing fewer kids staying with team sports is, as Sam had just mentioned, and all the callers today were just terrific. But the fact is, something's going on here. Something's changing, not necessarily in a good way. And uh, again, we have to sort of sit up and take notice as sports parents, educators, coaches, officials, and say what is going on and what's going to happen to kids playing sports. Not you know 50 years from now, but the next five or 10 years, things are changing. And again, change change is good, but sometimes you got to sit back and say hey, we're heading in the right direction. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Emmanuel Barbari. Stick around for the NFL preview. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.